Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 19. Today, Penny and I will be discussing how to write up your research results, whether it's in a compiled genealogy, um, family stories, or even a um, photo, family photo collection with the um, information that you've collected in your research. But first, we have got a lot of catching up to do. We've been, um, we've taken a few months off, haven't Mm we? We certainly have, you mostly. So Amy has been out there really um, involved in her genealogy education. She did a couple classes. I did. I went to the Institute for Genealogical and Historical Research in Mm -hmm. Birmingham, Alabama. This was the last year um, for IGHR in Birmingham, uh, my second time to attend, and I took um, Tom Jones' writing class. And then in July, I went to um, Pittsburgh to the Genealogical uh, Research Institute in Pittsburgh, and I took um, a class on writing, um, on writing um, arguments, proof arguments. Okay. So if anybody so. knows about writing, it's you. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I guess. <laughs> At this <laughs> that point. would be me. <laughs> okay. And then, and okay. then you took a cruise. I did. I All went, right. I took a cruise. We did a family trip to Russia and Finland and Several Scandinavian countries, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. A Baltic cruise. A Baltic wonderful. cruise. It was wonderful. I'm jealous. I, I will do that someday. But, but the big news and what mostly has been prohibiting our podcasting on a regular uh-huh. schedule is Amy's new geneolo- genealogical job. It's, that's not... That's not... We've been busy this summer. I like to blame this all on Amy. <sighs> I had kids I had out of school. I got to get kids back in school. So, But you but, do have a full-time job oh, now. I do have a full-time job, yes, yeah. as a forensic genealogist. Which is so great. It's wonderful. I love it. And I love, love it. I love to be able to work full-time as a genealogist, and so it's great. But it does it does take a lot of time. It does. So, yes, yeah. and I still have three children at home, so yeah. know, it's a handful. Whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not cruising everywhere. So we're gonna we're gonna be better. We're gonna be better now that we've we've so. got our, ourselves organized a little bit. So anyway, this episode is about writing, and yes. of course we have to mention our wine choice. And this is a wine Amy's um, had at one of her trips. I did. I, I had this out. I was recently in San Diego on business, and um, went to a restaurant and and try this. And I have not had Rieslings in a long time, and I think we, we don't haven't even reviewed a Riesling. So, I don't think so. Um, but this was a very good. Uh, you know, I'm a, if I'm drinking white wine, I'm usually drinking Chardonnay, and mm-hmm. you like your um, Pinot, Pinot Grigio. Grigio, right? So, but uh, this Riesling is it wasn't too sweet. You know, I, I kind of have this preconceived ideas of Rieslings being, being sweet, yeah. and um, it wasn't at all. So um, that's why we recommend. I'm recommending yeah. it this time. It's called uh, Two Princes, and it's a. Um, Sort of um, a peachy, peachy citrus, right? You peachy citrus, down. right? Peachy citrus, um, not too, again, not too sweet. It's it's an off dry yeah. uh, wine, so it's called Two Princes. So and we'll have a picture of it on the website. So, yeah, yeah, it sounds great. Yep. Recommend it. 
All right. Okay, so let's get into writing our family history. So there's a lot of different options, and sometimes writing your family history sounds so daunting. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have 600 Mm -hmm. people in Mm -hmm. my tree. You know, I can't possibly write all this Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. And... um, so it's it's kind of like the same way when you when you focus on your research, you focus your research on one particular family, a partic- maybe one or two people at a time, mm-hmm. one line, and then that's the way you're going to write. Right. I will take an example because just writing a family story to me is just scary. I'll just be. I'll just say it. Scary. Mm-hmm. It is. It wanna, is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So if I take one little fact. And say, okay, I'm just going to write a short narrative about this fact. Mm -hmm. And my example is um, a relative or ancestor of mine, Grace Estelle Curtis. And I think I've talked about her before or blogged about her. And her birthday is my birthday, December 27th. But she was born in 1867. Not my year, which was 19... Mm -hmm. Um, But my grandmother had, had written down on a... A paper that she was born 6 a.m. on a rainy day. So I thought, oh, that sound, you know, it's not going to be that it was a dark and stormy mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. you know, Estelle, Grace Estelle Curtis was born. It would be a, you know, it's a, and I don't know, I'm guessing it's a gray and gloomy, rainy morning when Estelle mm-hmm. finally burst into the world, you know, and that's, that's really bad. But it's interesting that, that, that that fact was written in there, not yeah. only the time, but also yeah. the weather conditions. Yeah. So. And I was really hoping to, to prove that fact by mm-hmm. looking in the newspapers, mm-hmm. and I can't find a single newspaper from the Grafton, Ohio area mm-hmm. for that time. Mm-hmm. They, the newspapers I find in that area are always on a Thursday, not on the day she was born. They didn't have the weather listed, so uh, I'm going to have to... You know, if I want to prove that, I'm going to have to look Mm -hmm. a little deeper. Mm -hmm. But um, to me, that's not really a fact that needs proving, you know, the rainy day. You know, I mean, John Coletta would love that because John Coletta always brings the weather into everything Mm -hmm. that he writes. And and so, um, yeah. So, and did her mother, who is Adeline, which I Mm -hmm. love that name, Mm -hmm. Adeline Preston, you know, did, was she um, arthritic at, mm-hmm. at a young age? Did, yeah. did she feel the weather in right. her bones? Yeah. Did the weather, you know, did that have a thing to bring mm-hmm. on the birth mm-hmm. that particular morning? Yeah. And I know this was um, Adeline's fourth child. She was 24 years old, so was it an easy birth? Mm-hmm. And I can make up this stuff in my narrative. I could say, <laughs> this was a quick birth. You know, this is her fourth kid. You know, I can... I can kind of generalize what I think happened or as, um, as one of our readers has, has said, kind of feel your ancestors mm-hmm. and feel like if mm-hmm. that's what you're writing, is that, are you doing their story justice? And mm-hmm. is that, do you think that's correct mm-hmm. and not make up too much mm-hmm. into it? But I mean, I could write a whole little blurb on that day that Grace Estelle Curtis was born mm-hmm. and what she would mm-hmm. eventually see in her mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. give little blips of what would mm-hmm. be to come mm-hmm. and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's too much for you and you don't want to go into the whole narrative thing, you can just write down the facts. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Just the facts of your uh Often, often writing down the facts, taking all of your research <clears throat> piece by piece, looking at it, and then writing down what you see in that um, is often a really good way for you to find holes in your research. Oh, what yes. don't, what haven't I found yet? What haven't I proven yet? Or 
I need to go look for, like you said, look in the newspapers and see mm-hmm. if there's anything during this time period that my parent, my grand, great grandparents got married, what was happening in, mm-hmm. in the community mm-hmm. and start pulling in that social history. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, you know, you could, you know, it was a rainy night. You, apparently one of your, your ancestor wrote that down. Right. So what else was happening in that community at that time period? Yeah. You know, was yeah. there so much rain? Was it torrential rain for days and days that there was flooding? It know? could have been, right. So, and even if they only have weekly newspapers, look the week before and the mm-hmm. week after and mm-hmm. then kind of maybe get See an, gauge, an idea of what happened then that week. So, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times your, um, computer, uh, program, whatever it is you mm-hmm. use, I mm-hmm. use roots magic, mm-hmm. um, will do a, uh, narrative for you mm-hmm. with whatever facts and notes you have put in, you can do a report. I can't remember what the, the thing is on roots magic, but there is a, a report, um, where it'll it'll formulate all your facts into sentences, so you don't even have to do any of the work. It'll, it'll do it all for you, right. or at least it's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Have, you know, look at the report that the that the software kicks out, and then build on that. Mm-hmm. that that's right, absolutely. Because right. the bottom line is, it, you've done all this research, but if you don't write it up, your children, your grandchildren, um, your descendants aren't going to ever. Know mm-hmm. about your research, or right. you have to make it interesting for other people, especially who aren't genealogists, who aren't all excited about the document that you just found. But they're going to be interested in the story that you tell mm-hmm. with those documents. Right. So. One of our friends, um, Judy, has a blog, uh, mm-hmm. Legends of the Family, mm-hmm. and she does. She started off with it, um, you know. And this, I guess, this is a good example of of writing. She mm-hmm. didn't want to do this a long time ago. And, you know, she just kind of mentioned, oh, a blog would be nice. And she talked about it for at least a year, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. before she really Mm -hmm. decided, okay, I'm going to do this blog. Mm -hmm. And then um, once she got into it, it was like every two weeks or something. And I think now it's once a month. But she has had so many postings. And she has taken, her focus was, um, I think it was revolutionary it started um, out, yes. Yeah, it started out as um, ancestors who were in the Revolutionary, Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. And it's expanded to almost any ancestors' history mm-hmm. now. And, you know, not just direct ancestors. but And she just does such great research. And she says she has more fun mm-hmm. looking up what has happened during that time period mm-hmm. of her mm-hmm. ancestor and... And and uh, so that's a that's a whole different route you could go as right, well. Right. What she does is she takes that ancestor who was in the revolution. She finds out um, what um, what company they were in, mm-hmm. and then she tries to find out what battles that company was in. And then she talks about the battles and she talks about um, where they were from and that community. So she really brings in sort of the social history, usually military history surrounding that surrounded that, mm-hmm. that, an, that ancestor. Right. It's not the ancestors story as much as it is probably what that ancestor experienced in some yes. way. So, yes. which is, she does really such good. a great job bringing so, that all and that's, together. That's, that's something that we all should do more of. It's not just look for the documents that prove our ancestor was born was married right. and died, but look at the community around our ancestor. Look at those newspapers like mm-hmm. you're doing and, mm-hmm. and then pull that, that, um, social history into it. Right. That makes, that's what makes for a good tale. Another thing you had mentioned was, um, a photo book or, mm-hmm. uh, something. So, and I know a lot of people are scrapbookers and, you know, right. you do photo books with your everyday things, but if mm-hmm. you would, if you take your 
um, the photos that you have from your ancestors and incorporate the story and do a photo book. Mm -hmm. You can do it maybe not as involved as the other ones, Mm -hmm. maybe more of just the facts kind Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. with the photos, but that Mm -hmm. gives you a nice timeline with um, a visual. Right, right. You can do like a Shutterfly book Mm -hmm. or... um, through Ancestry, it's a third party called Alexander's My Canvas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can well, actually upload your tree from, uh, or a portion of your tree from uh, Ancestry, and then you can create um, a, a poster with your pedigree chart, or you can create a photo book and then insert as much and many facts as you want. Yep. Um, and I think you can even do footnotes in there too, which, of course, we're going to talk a little more about, about citations. But um, but yeah, bring those family photos in. That's going to create more interest, especially for your family members who aren't into genealogy, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. might be interested in looking at some family photos. And then you put those facts, right. that research, right. you, you want, you um, weave that research into the, and that's all, the photos. Yes. And that's also a good time to put in um, maps mm-hmm. or um, pictures of the city that are vintage, which you mm-hmm. can find anywhere online. Mm-hmm. Just, it's, a, it's crazy the amounts of things that you can find online about the city mm-hmm. that your ancestors mm-hmm. lived in and incorporate all of that into Absolutely. that photo book. Absolutely. Look for photos of, um, yeah, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio mm-hmm. in 1850. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. it, look for those um, engravings and then yeah. you can incorporate that because that's yeah. what your ancestor and, was and, living and looking And there again, like. in the photo books, you can do the little mm-hmm. tiny ones. You can mm-hmm. do a five by seven, mm-hmm. just something quick, yeah. like one person. Like, mm-hmm. here's a quick flip through of mm-hmm. this person's life. It doesn't yeah. have to be huge. But, um, you, you know, you, at least you've knocked something out and you can say, hey, I did this. You know, right. got, got one person right. done. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've researched this family, usually, you know, this couple and their children yeah. completely. And, and yeah. that's a little book. Here it is. Yeah. Here it is. And also when you're doing that, like you just mentioned a little bit before, is talking about the citations. Mm-hmm. You know, we're so big on that. Um, putting those citations in, have an extra couple pages at the end. And make sure you footnote your facts so that people mm-hmm. don't, your future generations do not have to go and research all this. Like, well, how did she know that? Right. You know, you've got the documentation right there in your photo book. It's it's a sign of good research. And absolutely, you don't want your grandchildren to read this. I mean, there's nothing more disappointing to me than finding some information about my family that's been written up mm-hmm. by... Um, you know, someone in the past and then not knowing where they got that information right. from. So, you know, yeah. where did they get, where did they get this, this cemetery information or, you know, where did they get all of this? Yeah. And then there's, there's nothing there. And so the, I have to go and do that research all over again. Right. So. And the more you do this, when you find those things, you're constantly going, how do they know that? Right. How right. do they know that? Where is that? Mm-hmm. Prove it to me. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you just automatically don't believe what everybody's putting out there because they don't, unless they have their citations. Well, you can't, you can't, be, you can't believe it because you don't know where they got it. Was mm-hmm. this a secondhand information that they got from, from a relative or was it a note that somebody wrote or wasn't an actual document right you don't know so that's why it's important um of course elizabeth shone mills um book evidence explained goes into great Mm -hmm. depth on how to cite your sources um and um it it can get complicated Mm -hmm. however if you at very least write some end notes make make something that says this is where the i got the information from then um anyone who's reading it in the future will be able to 
I mean, know that you you did good research. That yeah. you were a, a, you, yeah. you were a, a good genealogist. They know it's proven, right? They know it's proven. Exactly. You did, just didn't make that stuff up, right? Um, one uh, blogger, the Armchair Genealogist dot uh, com, she has some really good blogs on writing. Hers is mostly about writing. And that's a good place to go and look and get ideas and tips and and whatnot on um, on getting your, your ancestors' stories written down, which is very important for future generations. And you might not think anybody in your family cares. I know my kids don't care right now, but I'm hoping that you know, when they get older, they'll be like, wow, I'm really glad Mom did this. Or, you know, they might not get into it until they're, you know, had kids and in their fifties or so. And, and hopefully at that point I'll be able to hand everything over to them and, and they'll appreciate all the work I've done or I'm, I'm still doing. Cause you know how it is. We just go on and on with our genealogy research. Um, so self publishing is something if you want to self publish, um, you can do it, um, through, I think you can do it through Amazon. If, if you want to sell, the books, mm-hmm. um, or someplace like Lulu, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Uh, you can either order maybe a small amount of books, um, you know, ten copies, or you can go on there and then have your relatives um, purchase through them, and then as their purchases, um, as they purchase, then they will create the book and send it to okay to, to someone. So there are there are ways to self publish that doesn't cost an arm and a leg anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and so many people do that nowadays, just self-publish and mm-hmm. and put their stuff, even out on Amazon or whatever, right. if they've done that, Absolutely. which is really yeah. pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, you know, the, our big thing here is is write it down. Get your family story written down. And even if you have to start small with one person and one event, like the birth of your great-grandmother, do it. Just do one little thing and see how it goes. And, you know, maybe you'll be inspired to write more and continue on or start a blog or write a book and be self-published. It's very scary to start out with. I mean, even me, I was taking two writing classes this Mm -hmm. summer. And when it got time to, these were a lot of hands-on classes and it got time to, okay, write this down. And you're looking at this blank page and at least for me, my tendency is I want to make it perfect the very first time. Mm -hmm. And how do, how do I take all of this information that I know and articulate that, you know, on on a page? So it can be very scary. And the answer, I think what I came to the conclusion was you just have to practice Mm -hmm. and don't think that you're going to write it perfectly that first time, just get the information down there and then start rearranging it until it, it makes sense to you. Yeah. And it's and it becomes either a good story or a logical sequence of events. Right. Because unless you're in a class or something, we have no timetable. Mm-hmm. We can do it on our own time, and right. we can revise and edit as mm-hmm. much as we want in yep. the time you right. know that we have. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to find that you're mm-hmm. going to have to go do some more research. Mm-hmm. Go out and get that research done, and then come back and then continue writing. Yeah. So it's going to be a process, but um, start small. Start like you mentioned, Penny with. A couple and their children. Right. You know, grandpa and grandma or great grandpa and great grandma and their children. And yeah. then um, go from there. Yeah. So. And we would love to hear about your your writing experiences. If you've done something big, done something little, never tried it but are going to, 
you know, whatever. We would love to hear from you and hear what you all are doing with the um, information that you're uh, researching. Absolutely, yeah. If you have any any tips, any tricks, any um, advice for yeah. um, other genealogists out there who are ready to write down their research mm-hmm. or encouragement, that would be great. Yeah, including us. <laughs> <laughs> So please oh, share one other place that you can, you can start is once you get this little story written, you know, about your, um, ancestors is look for publications, genealogical society publications. Oh, yes. That's a great way to get that information, not only, um, for your own family, but mm-hmm. share it for other genealogists, especially in that community, because you might have information mm-hmm. in there. Um, information on neighbors, information on um, um, business partners, mm-hmm. um, any any other people, any of those um, neighbors that your ancestor yes. was involved with could be information that someone else in that community Absolutely. is looking for. So look for your local societies, whether they're a county society or a state society that has a publication, yeah. and um, submit your work uh, to mm-hmm. um, that publication. And it'll be a good way to have a um, some interaction with an editor. Yeah, um, because Absolutely. your work can only get better when you um, show it to somebody else and and don't take it personally, but take that that constructive criticism as a positive thing to make your writing better. Yeah. So that's always hard, um, though, isn't it's it? It's very hard. It, it is. is hard. It is. I would very be like, hard. what? What do you mean you didn't like my writing? <laughs> <laughs> you can't think of that. You have to. Th- you have to look at it from you know their. Their experience mm-hmm. at this, yes. and you need to take yes. that feedback, rewrite, and submit yeah. again, and, and, and you'll your writing will be mm-hmm. better. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's that's a good way to, again, get that your your research out there yes. to um, the public. And I know I know um, because you're going for your certification mm-hmm. that that's very important to you. Mm-hmm. Is that and to me the writing is just making sure generations know their family right. stories. Right. So we have like different, mm-hmm. I have Absolutely. no goal to publish and you do have a goal to publish. Right. And I know some of you out there will have a goal to publish and some mm-hmm. of you won't. And mm-hmm. we'll just be like, Hey, I just want to write it down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's all, there's such a variety, many different reasons, you know, why 180 aspect right. of, of right. writing but, your history. But one thing that we all have in mm-hmm. common is we need to write it down. We need to write it down. You need to document it. You need to, I mean, you have your documents, you need to write those down Yes. so that everyone and make it a story because nobody cares about Joan was born this day, married this day, died this day. Well, that's, it's kind of dry. Yeah. That's not an exciting life. It's kind of dry. You need yeah. To take, yeah. Take the time to look at those newspapers. Take the time to look and see what's going on in their community. What were their neighbors doing? You know, look mm-hmm. at those census reports. Is everybody farmers or was there somebody who wasn't a farmer? Right. Yeah. Where were they living at yeah. the time? What, what was, was farm life on? like back then? Exactly. Right. Yeah. If they were the only, someone told me that their um, ancestor in one of the census was a candy dipper. That was, that was their occupation, candy dipper. What is a candy dipper? And so I was thinking, well, so who was the candy? What was the candy store? Was it a candy store? Was it a manufacturer? Yeah. Were there other candy dippers? You know, was it a up at dawn and till right, dusk exactly, dipping candy? Right. So right there, you can take that occupation and start looking. Did at they that have community. diabetes? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> when did they die? For, right, right, exactly. Right, you can look at their death certificate if they have one. <laughs> what was the cause of that? Right. <laughs> 
this candy dipper. So peace. But you have this one little occupation that's kind of unique, Mm -hmm. and you can totally build a whole story off of that. And at the same time, incorporate all this research that you have about this family. But why was she a candy dipper? Who did she work for? Was it a family-owned business? Oh, no, it was a woman? It was a woman, yeah. It was, yeah. I think she was a teenage girl. So, I mean, she was a young young girl at the time. So, yeah, what was going on in that community? So, it was kind of cool. That is. You know? So, that's how you can just start and make your story unique. Yeah. Because all your ancestors, all ancestors have unique stories. Everybody has a story. Yeah. We just just have to pull them out. Absolutely. And find out what they are. All right. Well, I Did think we that's everything? it for this All month. Right. Like to see some good writing going on. Absolutely, and, and that's for me and, and you as well. That, this is Challenging true. us to um, write. Got to write so, something. Yep. Uh, I, yes, we do. We need to. So in my progen study group, I'm, I'm writing a lot right now. So we're but, all challenged here. Yes, but getting, okay. getting something published. Absolutely. All right. All right. So go to it, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.